Thanks for joining me on the Herbicane Podcast. And if you're listening for the first time, I'm Simon Osimo, where each week I interview a guest who's overcome extreme adversity, created a positive mindset, or found their unique purpose in life. Now, on today's episode, I'm joined by Isaac Harvey, talking about overcoming life's obstacles. Now, Isaac is from London and born with a rare disability called Limpelvic Hypoexplasia, which means he has no arms and really short legs. Now, he's never let his disability stop him from doing the things in life that he wants to do. And you'll hear how he overcomes so many life obstacles that perhaps you and I take for granted. And a few years ago, he was told he couldn't skydive in England because of his disability, but he didn't accept the no. He sought out a yes and travelled to America to accomplish his dream. I know you'll find this an incredible story of mindset and perspective. And as always, if you get something from today's episode, I'd like to invite you to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Share with your friends on social media, tag me, and if I see it, I'll do my best to respond. And I want to tell you about something new. Now, I've created a mailing list for the podcast so you can be kept updated on my future guests, the best bits, and learn more about the people that I'm interviewing. So you can head on over to my website, simonosmo.com, or look below in the show notes to sign up and stay connected. So let's take a listen to this week's inspirational story with Isaac Harvey. Well, Isaac Harvey, welcome to the Who Became podcast. Hello. Well, and it's a real pleasure to talk with you today. I know that my listeners are going to get so much out of this conversation. I was thinking beforehand as to what I would want them to take away from our conversation today. And I think it would be about perseverance and also understanding that we can do so much in our lives if we really have that grit and determination. And I'll introduce you a little bit, Isaac, and then you can then tell my listeners as to who you are. But you are the president of Wheels and Wheelchairs, and you were born with a medical condition, which means that you have no arms and you have very short legs. And so you've had a lot of adversity in your life. You've overcome a lot of adversity. And I'm really excited and blessed to be talking with you today. So welcome again to the Herbicane podcast. Yeah, and thank you for having me on your podcast to speak to your listeners uh, about my life and hopefully inspire at least one person um, from this. Oh, I think you inspire many, I think, <laughs> today, for sure. So, so maybe tell us a little bit about your uh, medical condition that you were born with then. So I mentioned you've got no arms and very short legs. Maybe tell yeah. the listeners a little bit about that medical condition. Sure. So uh, my name's Isaac, and I was born with a condition called limb pelvic hypoplasia. Um, as Simon said, it is no arms and short legs. I also have scoliosis in my spine in my spine which is the curvature but i have um metal work which has that straightened well and tell us a little bit about then you're the president of wheels and wheelchairs and i know that you're also a videographer and there's many things i was talking to our mutual friend chris patel this morning and he was rattling off yeah. all the different things that you do so maybe tell people about what you do for work and day-to-day -day stuff okay so um I'm the president of Wheels and Wheelchairs, which is a group of rollerbladers, roller skaters, 
and wheelchair users and the roller skaters push us wheelchair users around um, different parts of London. We do different trips around um, the UK. Um, we've done Bath to Bristol. Um, we've done, we skated in Brighton. And we've also gone abroad and done, skated in Paris. And um, yeah, we we just, we love what we do. And it's a great community. And we, um, we're part of all the skating community. In my, uh, for, for work, I am um, a video editor. Um, I work for a charity called One Place East, um, which is a charity which deals with people with disabilities and mental health conditions. And I make videos for them. I'm a peer facilitator, um, delivering workshops. As mentioned earlier, I also do a lot of adventurous things such as skydiving, skiing, tall ship sailing, and the list goes on and on. I love going with the flow with life and going with opportunities. Yeah, and you sent me the picture of you skydiving. And I was yes. thinking, one, that is a lot of trust. And I was thinking, two, there is no way I would ever do skydiving. That is crazy. So you are you are a very adventurous guy. And like you said, I mean, you've done, you've overcome a lot of adversity, but you do a lot of great work um, to help others within the community. So I'm really blessed to be talking with you. So maybe if we just focus a little bit about your upbringing then and living with this uh, disability. So I know you were sort of fostered from two weeks old. Maybe do you mind just telling us a little bit about your your upbringing? What are some of those early years like for you living with this with this disability? Yeah, so um, I was fostered into a very lovely family. My mum, who's Welsh, and my dad, who's from Trinidad, and uh, they really brought me up as their own. Never told me that I'm unable to do things in life. They've always encouraged me. Um, my brothers and sisters have always supported me in whatever I want to do. And as growing up, I've made some really great friends who go abroad with me or do day out trips and uh, make sure that I'm fine throughout the day. And uh, I'm really grateful for everyone who has helped me um, achieve things in life and uh, encouraged me to keep going and uh, be the best that I can be. Yeah, I guess as you got older, Isaac, I know one of the things, and we spoke about this offline, it might be difficult for you to sort of really talk about this time, but when you were uh, fostered from two weeks old, uh, was there a correlation between your disability? Do you believe as to why your parents um, gave you up? So that's where your journey really starts with starting to overcome adversity. You're sort of really thought about that as to why did your parents um, give you up so young? Was it tied into your disability? Um, yeah. So um, to my knowledge, um, my birth parents um, used, to, my birth dad was a sailor and um, they, they used to be on the boats. And uh, I think they just thought it might be a bit difficult to look after me because um, of what they did. Um, but uh, that hasn't really affected me. I, I, I feel that, you know, everything happens for a reason and I'm really grateful for the life that I've had now. And uh, I've, as mentioned earlier, I've been able to do such amazing things because of it. Um, who knows what life would have been like if I did go down that path. I probably wouldn't be on this podcast now uh, talking <laughs> to you and getting the opportunity to speak to you. So, you know, everything happens for a reason and uh, just got to be happy with the journey. 
Yeah, and then you said at the beginning that, you know, maybe one person might be inspired. I think at key points during this conversation, Isaac, I think multiple people are going to be inspired by what you say, because this is where the journey really starts. So you could, you could hold that and then you yeah. could keep going over and over and over again. You know, why was I given up as a, as a child? You know, what, what does that mean? Was I not wanted? Was I abandoned? But I know the listeners throughout this conversation are just going to see your positivity and say, well, this is where I am now. Yeah. And I'm going to move forward. So, so thank you for, thank you for sharing, sharing that. And, and what about most of your life, I imagine, has been spent in a, in a wheelchair. So what was it like growing up? I know you're 24, Isaac. Is that right? 24? Uh, 26. Oh, 26. Okay, I'm a couple yeah, of years yeah. out. So, yeah. so what was it like sort of growing up then maybe in the 80s? Because most of your life must have been in a wheelchair. Um, tell us a little bit about schooling, you know, how, what it was like making friends. Maybe we'll sort of tackle some of those subjects. Um, so yeah, growing up, um, so basically it's, it's like, I've always had to, um, so in school I've had learning support assistants who have helped me, um, to write down things and, um, help me with exams and, um, help me with lunch times and things. And I've always had to rely on other people to help me out. Um, so that's kind of like a, a norm for me, I didn't really think any different, but um, making friends, uh, my classmates were very supportive. I made quite a lot of friends growing up, but as you know, for primary school and secondary, you kind of don't really keep in touch with people as often. Um, it's yeah. only afterwards I think you make the real friends. So there are, there are a couple of people I've stayed in contact with. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, I feel that I've, um, I've grown up, um, with a lot of good around me. Um, I did get, uh, you could say, bullied once in school, um, which was not a nice experience. Um, it was one of those things where I didn't know what was going on and I had no one around me and it made me really disorientated and upset. But um, apart from that, I've, I feel that I've kind of had a good experience overall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because... What or where my mind naturally drifts towards when you hear about someone who has you know, spent their entire life in a, a sort of wheelchair, you know, has arms and sort of short legs. We assume the world is a bad place and everyone, you know, you might have been bullied or heard negative comments. So it's really positive to hear that we have to remember there's a lot of good in the world, Isaac, isn't there? And we often oh, forget yes. that, you know, the, 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 the media and everything is portrayed how bad people are. But it's so inspiring to hear that, you know, you were welcomed at your school and people tried to make you feel included and you, you sort of made some friends. I mean, I think that's, that's a strong message there that we just feel the world is so broken and it is, but there is a lot of yeah. good within this world. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's all um, about um, perception. I feel that um, with everything, there's two ways of looking at things. For example, um, if it's raining outside, you can either see it as a horrible day or you can see it as something which is good for the plants. Um, so it's all about perception. Well, yes, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. And all plants yeah. need a good watering. That has to be. Yeah, yeah. And while we're on the subject then, so one of the things that you said when we're doing research for this podcast and me and you, you spoke was, I, I asked what it was like, and I should say for my audio listeners, if anyone's joined us for the first time, but I'm also black and, and Isaac is um, black, as you, you've heard. I asked you, what was it like to be black and disabled? Um, and you gave a very interesting answer to that. Do you want to sort of share 
your views on what it's like to be black and disabled? Yeah, so it's kind of weird, but I've whenever I'm out or um, out in the public eye, and as people say, discrimination, it's always been my uh, disability, and people see my disability first, not my skin color. Um, for example, me not being able to get on a train or um, buggies not moving out the way so I can get on the bus is because of my disability. And um, that has always been my, um, that's always been my a barrier, um, as you would say, um, throughout my life. I, I haven't really experienced any sort of racism. It's just all about my disability, really. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because I've got a couple of examples in, in my life and it's really it's really interesting how we each have our own biases and what those biases mean. I can remember uh, an example here, me being living in the in the US. Um, I know that, you know, me going up against an African-American, an African-American has been labelled in one way. But I know for a fact, just from my own personal experience, that when people have heard that I'm English, me yeah. being English has out-trumped the fact that I'm outwardly seen as being a black, <laughs> black male. And that's changed people's perceptions um, about me. And I also know that when I was in the police in England, I would arrest people and they would say to me, Isaac, uh, you know, uh, you police officers are all the same. You're all racist. You're all white guys. I'm like, are they talking about me? You know, you, you realize <laughs> yeah. I'm black. And, and they were just so anti-police uh, and they were saying all these bad things. They hadn't even recognized my color as, as a black person. So it is interesting how our biases can change and, and how what they prioritize in our mind as well. But, you know, your your disability is always what is seen first. You know, the, um, that, that is how people um, perceive you. So yeah, fascinating. Yeah. And interesting, you say that you didn't really suffer much racism, racism as well growing up as a kid. Sorry, just to go on your point earlier yeah. about uh, um, about biases, I think it also leads to um, people having a bad experience and then with that bad experience, they label all the next experiences to be the same. Um, so, for example, like you're saying, people who may have had a bad experience with the police, they may say, oh, all police are the same when clearly they're not all the same. Uh, we're all yeah. unique and we're all different. But yeah, it's this, it's, I think it's a human thing that we can have really traumatic experience that now everything related to that will always be the same. Um, yeah, and, and to add context to my story, this was a black guy that was saying it to me as well. So I mean, it was like, you know, it was, it was almost like it was a bizarre, bizarre time. But it yes, is true. Yeah, yes, yeah, great context. And I mean, just to maybe wrap up your sort of upbringing and sort of we move on to some of your sort of positive attitude as to where that came from. What do you feel about um, some of your African roots? Do you feel connected to them in any way? I mean, you've lived pretty much. I mean, you said you're from a mixed race family. Your mum is white and Welsh. Uh, yeah. Some of my American listeners around the world might even have to go and research where Wales is. Um, and, then, <laughs> yeah. and then your dad is from Trinidad. I mean, have you ever felt close to your Ghanaian roots that you mentioned? Um, not uh, not really, no. But it has been something that through the most recent years, I have been um, learning more about. Um, um, because like I said earlier, my main focus has been about disability um, showing people that you can do anything if you have a disability or not. Um, 
And I feel that my strong point and um, something that I live with every day and I want to really make a positive change for people's mindsets and uh, show that anything's possible if you put your mind to it. Um, but it's something that I do want to learn more about and hopefully after all of this lockdown uh, business is over, I can uh, travel out there and experience uh, life out there and uh, see how different it is to here. Yeah, I don't know, Dan, but you will and you'll, you'll send me pictures. I'll see them on social media. Oh, yes. I'll, sure I'll, I'll, I'll make a video. Yeah, it'll be fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And now, so if we move on to so like a new topic now, then, so I want to move on to sort of creating a positive attitude. And when I spoke to you, I was struck by your mindset. And again, I have to keep comparing it against myself and my um, perceptions. And I should say my, my audience don't know that I've actually got a, a foster brother um, who has learning disabilities. He's in his 40s, but he's got a mental age of a, of a three-year-old. So it's not totally in isolation how I was getting some of my views around um, interacting with you. My mum's my fostered, so I've always grown up around people with disabilities because those were the type of people she had a passion to, to help. But we, we spoke for a scenario where you're on a bus stop or bus request, as they might say, depending where, where you're listening. And yeah. you said there's a bus approaching and then you're in your wheelchair. And again, I add the context that you've got you know, very short legs and no arms. And most people would think, I can't do this. What, what, what am I going to do? But your mind doesn't say that, Isaac. Well, tell, tell us what your mind says when you see this obstacle. Um. Yeah, so it's, yeah, so with that story um so bus the bus in in london uh england um they have a sp space in the bus which have um yeah a space for wheelchairs to get on and they have a ramp which comes out the back and uh there's been plenty of times where um the bus has come the driver has seen me and he presses the button for the ramp and the ramp may not come out and it breaks down or he doesn't do the ramp at all and because there's a buggy um, with a mother on. And uh, don't get me wrong, it can be quite frustrating. And, you know, you 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 feel that like the bus should be checked or um, the driver should say something to this mother instead of just driving off and not letting me on. But I, I try, I've, I've got this mind where I don't really get too aggravated about it. Obviously, I do speak out about things if, if it is wrong. Um, but I'm very calm about it because I always realize that there is always another bus coming uh, next. I can just get onto the next bus. Um, it's also a reason why I leave early, just because of these um, obstacles. But yeah, there's always a way around these obstacles because, um, yeah, with the bus, there's always the next one. Um, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing I did. Have Crap job, Isaac, of laying you into that into that story. Yes, what, I, what, that's, what I love about getting out from it was uh, there's always a way around it. Um, some people could be sat there thinking, I can't do this. Your yeah. mind says, how do I do this? How do I overcome? Which is a very unique um, viewpoint of not seeing yourself as a victim, not seeing this as a, as a you know, there's no way I can overcome this. You always say, how can I do this? Whether this is yeah. asking for someone's help, you know, trying to shout, get attention, you always drift towards how am I going to overcome this? So, so where does that attitude come from, Isaac? Um, I think, to be honest, it is because of the people around me and also my um, disability because I've had to overcome since day one um, 
And because of that, which has been ingrained in my brain, I'm able to just do that um, without thinking now. It's just, it's a subconscious thing to just think, okay, what uh, what should I do next to get to the next uh, step? Um, and I think another thing we did speak about before was um, stations and getting off the train and finding that the lift's broken at the uh, station, that you can't get out of the station. Um, and always thinking, okay, instead of, crying about it and getting really worried and thinking about going home, you know, we think about, okay, is the next station accessible? Finding out where can I go next? Um, planning the route ahead just in case those things happen. So you're, you're prepared in advance and uh, just looking at different pathways because there's a, probably a hundred ways to get to the same point. Um, it's just finding the right direction. Yeah. Powerful, powerful stuff. And I know, um, you know, I spent a lot of time incarcerating people in England as a police officer. That's what I, that's what I did for those that have sort of broken the law and were, um, and were offering so little to society. And then since on this podcast, I've been honoured to interview people um, formerly incarcerated, which I've become um, friends with. Lester Young, who I interviewed in one of my episodes, um, sort of uh, murdered someone as a teenager. I actually texted him last night and Lewis Conway Jr., uh, yeah. Another guy texted him last night about Clubhouse and stuff, you know, so drawn these, um, got these good friendships with these um, people to see how much people can overcome. But one thing they all, they all say to me, which is really interesting, is that there are people that are incarcerated that are freer in their minds than those people that are living out in society. Um, can Can you relate to that subject with your sort of disability can you relate to what they say that there's people that are freer in their minds in a world where they might be incarcerated you sort of trapped by circumstance than those people that sort of live in that are able-bodied um i i always believe that um i feel that with all of my um with all my conditions it, it has in some ways makes me more um proactive in wanting to do more because there is always something to overcome with um, having a disability. And because there is always that drive to keep on doing things, it just lets me become more active. Like the amount of people have said to me, like you've, you've done more than what I've done and I have arms and legs. Um, and I think it's just that drive to keep on showing people, look, I might have this condition, but I want to, uh, I want to show you that, you know, I can do these things. Um, and I also believe it's having, it's, it's all about your mindset. Um, I think, cause I believe anything's possible if you put your mind to it and having a positive outlook on things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, I mean, you're a, a videographer, uh, you know, yeah. I, I understand you make your videos using your feet. I can just about touch my toes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've got to get stuff into into context. I mean, you can do more than uh, you can do more than me there. You know, if you ask me to bend over, my back goes out. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so, what do you think about? I feel like we touched on on this, you know. But I am a man of of faith. I do believe in a higher power. I tend to use the word creator because that is a that is a catch-all even if people say they're atheists or they don't believe yeah i think most people can get to a point of 
well, something started all this, and we're not going to dive into that subject right yeah, now. Of course, yeah. that's, that's a podcast in itself, Isaac, but yeah, yeah, a controversial yeah. one. Yeah, we'll have to, you have to invite me on again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do, let's do that one. We'll do, we'll do another part on that for sure. Yeah. When, when we talk about like the creative end, oh, creative start all this, do you ever think uh, why you, why were you born with this um, disability that has restricted you um, in some things in, in life? I haven't really thought about that until maybe about two, three years ago, um, because as I've mentioned quite a lot of times, you know, just growing up, I just thought I was like everyone else, really, just with a little bit of a, a difference. And um, there's only two weeks, no, so when I was making videos, like I was doing vlogging on YouTube, I was just making videos of my journeys and what I'd get up to. And lots of people would say, oh, why don't you you know, talk about your disability. And I thought, oh, I don't really want to talk about my disability because, you know, I'm just doing me and I'm showing you what fun I'm having and what I'm getting up to. Um, but it came to me like when I started doing inspirational talks and things, how it was really make having such a positive impact on people. And I thought, oh, maybe that is a good thing to add to, um, to my videos. And I did start to do it and it did get more people engaged and inspired by what I was talking about. And yeah, that I think that's the reason why I was put on this earth and in my condition to inspire other people to be the best versions of what they can be. I know it must be hard. It's a hard question to process, I'm sure. And I, I really respect your answer. It's a very um, thought out one an articulated one. And again, I'll tie back to the start of this podcast. You said, well, maybe if I inspire one person, but yeah. we know through your work with, um, you know, the Wheelchair Foundation and your videography and your inspiring story, you're, you're inspiring so many other, other people. So just hearing you talk about taking the positives from it as to how you impact other people's lives. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, really impactful. It makes people stop and think about, Am I leading my own life for significance and, and doing what I can to, to help others? Yeah, interesting. About those people in life then that might say the, the naysayers that we might have or the most negative influences. Most people have got one friend that, you know, you, you can win a million dollars and they'll say, oh, you should have won two. Or you, know, <laughs> no, you just got a, I just got a new car. Yeah, you should have got a Mercedes. You got to be a <laughs> There's always people that yeah. not necessarily tried to bring us down, but there's a there's this sort of mist of negativity around who they are, and we have to sort of learn who those people are and try and keep them at distance, but embrace the friendships in a respectful way. Yeah. Um, but when you hear that type of naysayers or people say it can't be done in life. What, what, what do you say to, to people that have that attitude? Oh, I'm never going to get a job. No one's going to employ me. Um, I'm never going to meet the right person. You know, what, what do you say to those type of people that might be whining about life? Um, right. So, well, there's, there's two types of people like that. So, like I so said, there's people who try and, well, yeah, try and bring you down and always give you those negative um, thoughts and uh as you say, that's not going to work. Why are you doing it that way? And this and that. And uh, I like everyone has that one friend or that family member who always tries and brings you down. Um, and I have to be honest, you know, growing one thing growing up, I was quite emotional and I did listen to these people and I did get affected by it very easily. But over time, and I was actually saying this to a friend the other day who's going through people who are giving 
getting negative thoughts from people. I said, you know, for them to do that and for you to react and listen to them, you're, you're giving them more care than what they're giving to you. So why bother giving them so much care when you know that's not true and you know that your intentions are good and you know me buying that car uh, that Renault was better than the Mercedes, you know, because you wanted that car and that was your intention to do so. I believe that you shouldn't really be giving all of these people that much attention. Um, if you know what you're doing is right, let's stick to it and focus on what you want to do. Um, and you know, and the, the other reason why people do it is uh, because of jealousy. Um, it's a, a human thing to get jealous, but you know, as long as you know you're doing good, that's all that matters. Yeah, I, I thought that was a good point you made. Then, until you compared a French car against a German car, so you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, don't get the Renault, get the get a Mercedes. But, but no, it's like a joke with you. But but it yeah. is, I mean, it's great to hear your your perspective. I think everyone, you've got to reach that point, and you've had a lot of challenges to to overcome. And you wouldn't have done that by listening to those to those naysayers and stuff. So I just want to get your sort of perspective on that. So I want to move on to another key point about your life is the reliance on others. That I am, you know, I have my own challenges in my life. You never know what's going on internally with someone, but um, the world sees me as quite a blessed person because I'm I'm able bodied. But one of the things that you can't do is live a totally independent life because you always have to rely on someone to help do day-to-day things that I take for granted. So I guess, how how does it make you feel knowing that there's some things in life that you just can't do without relying on someone else? Um, So there's two ways that I um, think of this is, one is, um, and we did speak about this um, before, was um, sometimes when I want to travel abroad, and uh, no one else is free to go with me or I want to go to this event in London and I have no one else to help out. Um, I'm unable to go. And because of that, I have to stay at home sometimes. And it can be quite frustrating when, you know, for anyone else, they could just go and to this event and uh, have a good time. But for me, I have, I do have to rely on people and it can be quite annoying and it can be quite frustrating. Um, but on the other hand, I, on the most part, I have um, my mom and brother at home who help me out um, whenever I need to. Like, I don't really have to wait on them to help me out. Um, on most of the time, as long as it's, as, as long as it's known in advance, I do have people to go out with me. Um, and I'm really grateful that I am able to do things with people. Um, it's kind of, um, it has its advantages and disadvantages, but the, the advantages do overweigh the disadvantages, um, having to rely on people. And um, also, I feel more connected with uh, people who do help me, um, especially friends, because um, I have friends who, um, over time, I taught them about personal care and helped me, for example, to the toilet. And uh, I feel for them to care in that way um, and for us to be comfortable with each other doing so um, has built bigger friendships. And uh, same with my family, Um, going out with my sister on different activities has definitely brought us closer together, um, having to help each other out. 
Yeah, and I know when we, or just in what you've said there, picking up on an additional point is, I'm hearing a couple of things. There's quite a big sacrifice in your life you have to make because you can't just go and do the things that independence Mm. gives you. And also, I think my listeners are going to get for a lot of this, but there's a lot of self-reflection that you've you've done either throughout your life or you're definitely showing today, but you you have a very deep reflection as to what all these things uh, mean. So it's, it's very, very powerful. Yeah, it's um, it's it's over because I like I said I I'm able to overcome challenges, but things like that do get on my um on my mind, and it does stick with me, and it does get quite annoying. But um, over time, I have kind of broken free from that, and I do have a much more positive outlook on life, and I am more positive about most situations, but it's human to get annoyed about things. It's human to get upset yes. about things, but it's also human to be happy about things. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just life. I right, so one of the things I would ask my guest is, is there anything off limits that I can't ask, but we don't want to go and, and um, I know that I asked you a question about a defining moment in life. Um, and I would understand or believe from my own perception that you would mostly say, Simon, I just want to be able-bodied to be able to sort of to walk, to run, to write with a pen. But your answer was deeper than that. It was surrounded trying to find meaning in those personal relationships. That's what you sort of learned that you, you're, you're craving in life. Do you mind sharing a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so throughout my um, life, you know, I've, I, Growing up, I always wanted to be in a uh, relationship and I always wanted to have a girlfriend, um, as most people would. Um, and that was really difficult for me because for one, yes, I, I have a disability. Um, so that is like not really the norm and a lot of, um, I can't say a lot because a lot of people do get into relationships with disabilities, but it is much harder than the average person. Um, and I just, I thought, you know, this is really going to make me happy in life, um, to be in a happy and healthy relationship. Um, and that time did come and I did get a girlfriend, um, and she was great. But the thing is, I ended up not really being happy with myself. And, um, so I wasn't happy with myself. So when, I got the girlfriend and I still wasn't happy. I thought, okay, something's not right here. Um, and it, it did make me become quite selfish and I wasn't really thinking straight. And um, unfortunately, the relationship did end up um, breaking. And I thought, okay, um, I need to break this cycle because I've had kind of like moments where I've had um, girls thinking that they like me, but... I was thinking wrongly about it. And I think I was too focused on um, this is what's going to make me happy rather than thinking, well, actually, what is going to make me happy in life? Um, And it was it was around 2019 when I said to myself, "Okay, I need to take a step back and really focus on the mind and what actually what is true happiness. Um, And that's when I took to the Internet and did a lot of research and I learned about the law of attraction, about how positive thoughts and how positive thinking affects your life. I learned about meditation, um, breathing exercises, calming the mind in stressful situations. 
um, and just realizing that, oh, and, and earlier, like I spoke about um, perception, um, seeing things in two different um, angles, um, you can either see it positively or negatively. And that's, and once I did that for about three, four months, really learning about it, meditating every day, I now say I, I now understand life and uh, I'm much more positive about it. If I'm ever in a negative uh, situation, I get over it quite quickly. And going back to being in a relationship, it's one of those things where if it happens now, I feel that I'd be much more comfortable in um, getting one. I feel that I'd be more uh, selfless and caring for the other half and think about their needs rather than just thinking selfishly and um, just going with the flow with life and uh, knowing that whatever happens, I'm going to be happy. And if it doesn't work out, it's meant to have that it's happened for a reason and I'm going to continue to have this mindset and just go with the flow. Now, isn't it interesting that you got what you wanted and then you realized it wasn't enough? Yes. You, you turned into a, a typical man where you took everything for granted and you didn't put the the, the woman first. So all the women <laughs> listening would be saying, yeah, that's right. And the men are saying, yeah, I've been, I've been there, Isaac. You know, we, we all make that mistake. So it, it's yes, fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fascinating your answer. It is very true. We all yeah. reach that point where it's never enough. What you what you wanted was a, a deeper meaning for relationship and you sort of found yourself in that position. You did what most men do is you ballsed it up and now you've mm. had to go back for a period of reflection. Yeah, so yeah great, great insight. Yeah. So as we and, start to wrap up, I'll go on Isaac. And say no, I was, uh, yeah, I was also going to just say like sometimes you do have to go into the deep end to really understand what is wrong and what how to get better. As I say, life's not easy, um, uh, but, you know, that's the challenge of life. And if you overcome it, you feel much happier. Yeah. And as we start to wrap up, you know, we're sort of t- taking your your journey, which is a very powerful journey. People are going to hear the positivity. That's one thing I wanted to really get out of this podcast is to how you come um how you can come through adversity out the other side and really still have a life of, of meaning. But I guess one of the last questions I want to um, leave with is that um, people might make assumptions about your life, that you're you know, disabled, you can't do things. And what do you want people to know about you, Isaac? What's one thing you want people to take away about you? I want people to just uh, realise that, you know, I'm, I'm an example of what can be achieved in life with limitations and making the most out of life. Yeah, great, great stuff. And the second to last question then, so of all the things that you've accomplished, you're a videographer, you're the president of wheels and wheelchairs. Um, when you look back, what's the one thing where you'd say, I proved that person wrong. I proved him wrong. I proved her wrong. I proved that organization wrong. Where, where can you stick it to, to the people and say, you, you got me wrong there? Um, I've had, actually I've had quite a lot of those. Moments. Have you got have you got a long list? I bet. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. You give us a list of people and organisations. We're going to have just give me one. <laughs> give me one thing. Um, I just I just think. Um, okay, I'll give you one example. I'm not going to name and shame anybody, but um, no, no, we don't like you... lawsuits, Isaac, on this. Show. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We're in amateur production. Yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah. Um. In school, at the end of school, 
actually it was a couple of people, but at the end of school, there were so many people, even some family members were saying, you know, you, you've got to go to university. You, you have to go to university. That's how you're going to become successful in life. And I thought, oh, I don't really want to go uni now. I've done, I've, I've, I'm done with the education. After sixth form, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to just do something different now. I want to get on with life. And uh, I didn't go to university. And look where I am now with uh, doing all these amazing things, all these amazing opportunities. And I feel if I did go to university and did the three, four years, I would have lost out on all of the opportunities I had after school. Um, and yeah, there you have it. <laughs> I proved them wrong. Yeah, and as you said, you, you wouldn't be on the Hover Came podcast talking to me. But well, exactly, there's, there's, yeah. There's, there's a key point in there as well is that we do we do have to go our own way. I mean, my my eldest son is ten, and he's already said he doesn't want to go to university. Well, here in the US where I live, university is, is a big thing. You know, there's this real perception where you've got to go to college, you've got to do this stuff, but. Yeah, there's no right way or wrong way where there is a real wrong way to, to live your life. But I think if people put one foot in front of the other and you're falling forward rather than falling backwards, um, you know, most people can, can achieve good stuff. So it's, it is nice to see that you've done things, Isaac, your way. And I think you should be very, very proud of that. So yeah. as we wrap up then our conversation today, maybe we'll come back and talk about the crater as, a, as another podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah, sure. We'll be using that. But, you know, you are the president of wheels and wheelchairs um you know your videographer uh, maybe just close with where people can find more information about who you are and the, some of the projects and things that you're involved in yeah so um for wheels and wheelchairs um if you want to check us out we are on instagram facebook youtube tiktok um all under at wheels and wheelchairs no spaces um, and for my own personal stuff, I don't really post as much as I should do on social media. I'm not really a fan of posting my own personal things as much now, but um, that is at I am Isaac Harvey, where you can see what I get up to next. And um, yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me today, Simon. I really do appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can have another four hour discussion in the future. Yeah, well, thank you for being on. I would say, I think it's on your Instagram and I'll put all those details in the show notes, but on your Instagram, people will see stuff of you skydiving. And, oh, yes. um, if, if there is ever an advert for um, someone saying you can't do something, I mean, go and look at this guy's social media because he shows that so much can be achieved with the right mindset, with the right outlook and positive attitude. So, Isaac Harvey, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and definitely I'm going to make some notes. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the, the creator conversation. I want to dive oh, yes. into that. Dive yeah, into yeah. You, so. my, my, my mind's changed over time with that. So yeah, we could talk about that. That's good. That's my beard. So there you go. There's an exclusive <laughs> for the listeners. Stand, stand by for that conversation. Simon <laughs> yeah. and Isaac talking about the creator. Let's dive into it. But Isaac, thank you for joining me. Yeah, you have a good day. Um, catch you soon, brother. Thank you for joining the Who I Became podcast. To help spread this inspiring story, be sure to share it with your friends, hit the like button, and of course, subscribe to our channel so you won't miss out on any future episodes. We'd also love to hear how this story impacted you. So leave us a comment on whatever platform you're watching us from. To learn more about this episode, our guests, or Simon, head over to SimonOzimo slash podcast and sign up to receive the latest information delivered straight to your inbox. Once again, thank you for joining us for the Who I Became podcast.